Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Ocean State Sidelines. I'm Brandon McGare, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Socket Call, and I'm joined once again by my co-pilot, Will Gagan, sports editor of the South County Independent. It's Thursday morning. It's March Madness is officially upon us. Will looks like he's filled out his bracket. Yeah. I have not so much, but we are going to dive into that very shortly. But first, we're going to touch upon the local high school and uh, college basketball scene. Indeed, yeah. The uh, the March the madness before the official March Madness, I guess we could call it. Uh, we had uh, state basketball championships decided at the Ryan Center this past weekend. Uh, North Kingstown completed just a dominant run uh, to the boys' championship with a win over Linsocket. And LaSalle beat South Kingstown uh, for the girls' title. We'll start with North Kingstown. Uh, it was just among the, the best performances in, in state tournament history, certainly since the state tournament's been around um, since 2011. And I, going back further, I mean, it's got to be one of the best runs, uh, playoff runs, the state has ever seen. No question. Well, you and I were both at the Ryan Center on Sunday night for that game. And, you know, you saw North Kingstown before that. I think they were averaging close to like 94 points in the yep. three state tournament games, putting up 100 against Westerly. It was, you know, they were a classic, very good Rhode Island basketball team, very efficient. They had shooters. Yep. They had they were very efficient around the basket with their backdoor cuts. They they were just unstoppable. Yeah, they really were. They were, you know, a very good basketball team that was playing really, really well is, is what it came down to. Very good to begin with and then just playing by far their best basketball. Uh, some of the, the numbers, you can you can read about this in the uh, championship notebook in this week's Independent. Uh, the state tournament, as I said, has been around since 2011. And skippers are number one among all champions in points per game, highest single game score, and average margin of victory. And none of those are, are very close. Uh, they average 89.8 points per game, next closest 71.5. The single game high of 100 points has never been achieved in the state tournament game by any champion or any other team. And even if you look beyond the state tournament, uh, going deep into the archives at RIHSSports.com, uh, they were the first team to score 100 in a playoff game since LaSalle in 1998. So we're going uh, back a ways. We're going back a ways, yeah. And the average margin of victory, 34.25 in four state tournament games. Also number one, the previous best was 25.8. Uh, that was Hendricken in 2016. And that included a 53-point win that Hendricken had. So that was even a little bit inflated. So just a... A really impressive performance, uh, and kudos to the Skippers. I got to see Erickson Bain score 57 points in the playoff game. You know, Clay Brochure scored 36 points by comparison, but it was a very efficient 36. Yeah, he was he was really impressive. Just you know, hitting threes early, getting to the basket, didn't miss a whole lot of shots. Just just a tremendous performance. One of those where you you sort of don't realize how much he's scoring as a a quiet 36 if that's possible um and i think he didn't even realize it until he came off the floor late in the game and someone told him to look up at the scoreboard where they had the uh the individual leaders and he realized he had 36 points and a great part of the story uh that you may have heard by now he forgot his jersey at home so he usually wears number four he got stuck with the spare jersey which was number 13 of all numbers uh but he said he will now wear number 13 going forward well, i remember because i asked you like uh you know isn't he four yes. and then you told, said he was number 13 so yeah. Uh, obviously yeah 13 proved to be a very good a very lucky number but to me well just uh shifting to the novin side of it um 
You know, Woodsocket actually led in this game on a couple of yep. occasions. Uh, uh, Justin Cologne, the senior guard, he banked in a three to give them a 24-23 lead with under four minutes to go in the first half. Then Dwayne Robinson O'Hagan, the very talented scoring guard for the Novans, he had a three that gave the his team a 27-26 lead. And then all of a sudden, the wheels kind of fell off for yeah. Woodsocket. You had a turnover, actually five turnovers to close out the first half, mm-hmm. uh, two missed free throws, and then an air ball from the corner. And then... Uh, Lo and behold, the capper for uh, North Kingstown, a three ball right before the buzzer. Yeah, Nick Sacchetti hit the three right at the buzzer. Ends up being an 8 nothing run to end the first half, and North Kingstown led the rest of the way. Winsocket, I mean, I thought they played pretty well other than that stretch and, and sort of fading a little bit in the second half, but it was just, just hard to keep up with North Kingstown sure, at this they, point. They just had too much firepower, and yep. then all of a sudden they uh, unleashed Dylan Poirier there yeah. in the second half, and he's definitely a low down there. Obviously, he's going to play football at the next level, but, uh, man, he used his brute strength to really take it to the Novans, and, you know, Brochure just, just kept on hitting and firing. Yep, absolutely, and that, that's what they did throughout the playoffs. It was just... All of a sudden, they go on a an eight nothing run in a minute. Uh, just they get out on the break, they start running, they hit a three, and all of a sudden you can't recover from that. Just just a really impressive performance. But just congratulations to uh, to uh, the skippers once again becoming Absolutely. just the second team in this uh, open state tournament era to win both the division one and the open state tournament. LaSalle was the first team to achieve that daily double back in twenty fifteen. Yep, and Hendricken did it as well. So NK is uh, is the first public school to do it. Um, another another note there, and it is their first top level state championship. They won a couple of uh, Class B titles back in the '80s, when those were sort of considered state championships at the time, depending on on your semantics there. But since the state tournament came into existence, they had never won the top prize. So well done, uh, well done, North Kingstown. And then on the girls' side, as as we mentioned, LaSalle comes out on top. They had won the D1 title over South Kingstown. And did the same exact thing in the state championship game. Uh, I thought South Kingstown came out with a, a pretty good game plan. Decided to play some zone. LaSalle tends to win more with defense than anything. They say, all right, LaSalle, let's, let's see if you can shoot from the outside. And LaSalle responds by hitting six of seven three-point attempts and just kind of buried South Kingstown early. It was 14-2 to two and 19-4 to four at one point. South Kingstown kind of tried to battle back, but just too big a hole to, to dig out of. I think... Just just goes to so, goes to show you know when a team that that can win without shooting suddenly shoots well that's that's just a pr- pretty tough recipe. Yeah, like you said, LaSalle is known for being a defensive minded team under head coach Sean Reddy, but uh, man, just very impressive uh, performance by them to uh, kind of get back to that moment. I think uh, you know they didn't get to that point last year. I believe it was Moses Brown who took the yep. uh, open state title, so that was uh, their mission, and certainly they uh, achieved their top goal, but. Uh, just going back to South Kingstown for a second, they had beaten St. Rayfield the previous day to get to that point. Uh, I thought um, it was a 13-13 game at the half, and then North uh, South Kingstown won a little bit of a surge. St. Ray's made a little bit of a run there at the end, but uh, it was their third win for the Rebels over the Saints, and yeah. they moved on to the finals and just uh, ran to a buzzsaw, kind of like a Winsocket boys against North Kingstown. Yeah, yeah. I think we clearly had the, the two best teams winning the state championships in boys and girls basketball. There's certainly year. no flukes in that regard. Yeah, no they were, flukes at all. They were probably, the, you know, even people thought, even though Hendricken was the top seed for the boys, I think a lot of people were like touting North Kingstown mm-hmm. as really the team to beat. Yep, definitely. The way they were playing, uh, they were unbeatable, essentially, in the postseason. But now we'll uh, shift gears and we'll uh, talk about college basketball. The, ma- the madness is officially upon us, but locally, 
For the two teams that Will and I cover, PC Friars and the URI Rams, their season has come to an end. Indeed, yep. Uh, I was in Brooklyn to catch URI. They uh, they made a little magic. They they had it going. They you know they ended the regular season with that that win streak um, with four in a row, and then beat LaSalle easily in the first round of the A10 tournament, and then they knocked off the top seed VCU. Uh, and at that point, you know it it felt like it felt two years ago in Pittsburgh, where it was almost an inevitability that you were out. That things were just rolling. Like the, a team has that look, a team gets that vibe, and and this team had guys who had been part of that before, so you could feel their confidence. But then they ran into St. Bonaventure Saturday and ran into I think some tired legs as well. They were up uh, up pretty big early in that first half, uh, even late in the first half, and then just kind of fell apart late in the first half. Let St. Bonaventure back into the game, and at that point, then the tired legs really catch up. Then the Bonnies start playing really well. Uh, and the Bonnies ended up with a 68-51 win. So a disappointing ending for URI, but um, you know I think their surge, getting to the A-10 semis, kind of salvaged the season for them and salvaged the trajectory, the upward trajectory that they were hoping to have this year. I think it answered one big question as far as I was concerned. Is David Cox the right man for this job? I think he proved resoundingly yes, that yeah, I can do this job, I will do this job, I am not Jerry DiGregorio, part two. Yeah, and I mean, fair or unfair, I think people were they're you know starting to maybe think about think about what how David Cox fit you know in that losing streak. I I think it was you know I think he was he was the right guy all along. But yeah, it, it emphasizes that um, that things are moving in the right direction again. They they have it going and and they're trending up. I I always thought this year was kind of a part of a two year arc story arc narrative for URI where next year is the year they really point toward and for for a lot of this year they weren't taking the steps to get to where they needed to be uh, for for moving into next year but then they did down the stretch and if they can play like that if they can avoid some of the the lack of intensity the lack of defensive uh, you know focus that they were having during that losing streak and during some of their earlier losses that were kind of bad losses if they can do that, they have they have all the uh, all the capabilities to make a run next year and be one of the top teams in the A ten. No question. I think they have three excellent building blocks. We've talked about in the whole year: Fats Russell, Sorrell Langevine, and Jeff Doughton. Yep. And I think some of the freshmen we saw some of them take a, a huge step forward. There's an influx of talent coming in between uh, transfers and freshmen, so things are definitely pointing up in the right direction and. The one thing about the Rams, I think this kind of solidifies the importance of getting that double bye in the A-10 tournament. Like you said, that uh, getting that extra game, you saw the tired legs there against yep, Bonaventure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that'll be important for them next year. And it'll be interesting next year. A lot of people are, are kind of saying around the A-10 are saying, you know, next year is going to be a big year. There's a lot of talent coming back. URI is not alone. Uh, Davidson has their whole, whole team back, basically. Dayton has... Uh, a lot of guys back and a bunch of transfers sitting out. VCU is going to be strong again. So uh, it's, it should be a fun year for the A-10 next year. And uh, we'll switch to the Province Friars, who saw their season end on a somber note on Tuesday night in the NIT against an Arkansas team that came to town minus their stud player, Daniel Gafford, who on Monday declared for the NBA draft. But, you know, you wouldn't notice that the Razorbacks missed him. Uh, they were very impressive, Will. Uh, you know, they... Basically went five guards, spread the court, a lot of youth, 
and they just basically outquick the Friars. Uh, it was a 10-point game, not even eight minutes in, and from there, you know, PC never really truly challenged, and it was very disappointing in the sense that, okay, you have this new life, you get to the NIT, you get a home game, mm-hmm. and you lay a proverbial leg. Yeah, I mean, it was, the NIT, you know, it can always be that opportunity, it's not what you want, but it's that opportunity to build a little bit, to get some momentum going into next year, and you know, maybe win a championship, get back to Madison Square Garden, which is special in its own right, kind of regardless of of where you're going. But yeah, PC ha- had the opportunity there and uh, and just didn't take it. Uh, just kind of the, the way the year went, you know, in a lot of respects. Yeah, and I, it, it was a year that kind of started with big expectations because you had big-time recruits coming in. They were picked third in the, by the coaches in the Big East poll, and you were thinking, okay, it's maybe, maybe you string together a six-straight NCAA tournament appearance, but... It's it showed that it's not quite easy. Granted, yeah. the injury to, to AJ Reeves really threw a uh, a wrench in the whole proceedings. You started with him, you missed him, and you were trying to work him back in the rotation. So you kind of had three different components within the season. But a lot of the returning guys from this year, they just never really took a huge step forward, and that's going to have been the hallmarks of Ed Cooley's team's player development. And I thought that really took a year off in terms of guys making that next step, and that's one point I made in my uh, requiem for the 2018-2019 Friars, which is online right now on PatuckaTimes.com and SocketCall.com. But, um, you know, it's uh, a season that did not sit well with Ed Cooley. He kind of had some choice remarks in his final press conference of the season on Tuesday night saying, uh, you know, it's unacceptable. And I think that goes back to we have a new practice facility. Mm -hmm. We took a trip to Italy. And we basically laid an egg of a season, to be perfectly honest. And, you know, it's not like 10 years ago when the Friars were in the Big East with the likes of Syracuse, UConn, Louisville, and uh, Notre Dame, and Pittsburgh, and trying to, you know, bop heads against the really heavyweights. You know, a lot of things that were missing 10 years ago are now in place. And I think that's what makes the, the season tough to digest. It's not like, you know, you know, where's the support, anything like that. It's there now. It's, but now it's a question of, it shifts to like the coaching and like the style and what kind of players he's bringing in, how he's working it to uh, all to perfection and how to get it all in one cohesive unit. And we just never saw that this year. Yeah, I think that's true. And yeah, it's interesting when you talk about things that are in place that that raises expectations and the expectations and standards were already high when, when you're talking about the NCAA tournament uh, streak that they'd been on. So Next year, that I think ne- makes next year a big year for PC, like like we just said for URI, it's a big year for them as well. I think big year for college basketball in Rhode Island in general next year. But uh, that's the year that was for the URI Rams and the PC Friars. We will close this podcast this week with a congratulations to the Cumberland hockey team. They won the D2 state title on Monday night with a one nothing win over the PSW co-op team. That is... PCD, St. Rayfield, and Wheeler. You know, coming off a double overtime shootout game in game two that went to uh, PSW, you had to wonder, you know, is anybody going to have anything left in the tank mm-hmm. for that game? And uh, Cumberland just had enough to get the victory. Yeah, that was that was quite a game, it sounded like, uh, the night before uh, to, to get to that game three and great performance by Cumberland. And then we had uh, Hendrickon winning the Division One championship, beating LaSalle. Uh, getting back on top after LaSalle won it last year. Um, so that is, that's hockey. That's the winter season. And now we can just watch some basketball today. I think that's my plan. Absolutely. <laughs> get on the couch and uh, just relax. And 
I haven't really dived into the bracket yet. I know who I like. All right. The championship. I'm going to go with that right now. I'm going to go with Gonzaga. Oh, interesting. All right. I uh, I'm not very creative here. I'm going with Duke. Uh, I just feel I, I feel like everyone in my bracket is going to pick Duke, but I really think they're going to win, so I want to be among that group that picked Duke. So I, don't know. I, I know Duke is a very trendy pick, but just the one thing that scares me about them, they're not a very good three-point shooting team. They're not a very good three-point shooting team. That's true. That's, uh, that is one thing that can hurt them. They do have the best talent the best overall talent. Yeah. in that field, but uh, you know the best game that I'm looking forward to seeing over the next couple of days is Murray State taking on Marquette. Yeah, that's going to be fun. John ja Morant against Marcus Howard. Uh, couldn't have asked for a better guard matchup. Really, really fun there. Uh, how about an upset pick, Brandon? Who you got? I'm going to go, if it's really, you know, do you really call 512s as an upset pick? I know, pick? yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, do I, like, I do like Liberty. Okay. I do right. like Liberty, actually. And uh, the other game I'm kind of looking forward to, um, Buffalo taking on old friend yeah, uh, Bobby Hurley. Yeah, old Hurley. friend Bobby Hurley. That'll be interesting. We, and we had old friend Dan Hurley at that game last night. Yes, Dave the cameras watching were his brother. Yes. yes, the cameras afterwards were certainly on Dan, and he was out taking video and everything. I'm yeah. sure Dan wanted to be getting ready for his own NCAA tournament game, but uh, he was there to support his brother. Indeed. And then I, I've got quite a few upsets. Uh, my biggest one, I think, is UC Irvine over Kansas State. Uh, UC Irvine has won 30 games this year, so I'm, I'm feeling that one. Uh, Kansas also, State, I think, is going to be missing one of their top yeah, rebounders. Yeah, and, and I also have New Mexico State over Auburn. That's a team that is 30-4 and four this year. You look at those teams, they're just not used to losing, so they're, they're not going to go easily. And then uh, a, a little later in the in the tournament, I have uh, Wofford beating Kentucky, which might be because I'm a Louisville fan. I just want that to happen. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, Wofford, they're, they're a team to watch. There's another team I'm interested in seeing how they do is Houston. Yeah, you know, they, uh, very you know, much so. Tough loss for them in the American. I thought the American as a whole took a major step forward. Yep. They had been a quote-unquote punching bag out over the last couple of years, but uh could be an interesting tournament for them. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they get all the way to the Elite Eight. Yeah, I could definitely see that. They're a really talented team and well-coached with Kelvin Sampson. Um, so, yeah, it'll be fun. Find somewhere to watch these games and... Uh, what place with multiple Multiple TVs. You can watch four at once these days. It isn't like the old days where you had to wait for Greg Gumbel to break in no. with updates. No, this I is, think uh, that's one thing that at least the NCAA has done right. Yeah. They spread these games out over yeah. four networks. Yep. And you kind of like pick and choose where you want to go and... Uh, you know, for those who are rediscovering themselves with True TV. True TV, love True TV. It's uh, ten fifty seven for those who <laughs> Cox Cable. We'll, uh, we'll get, we'll give you a plug. There. Yeah, a little plug. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, for listening. We'll be back at some point. Yeah, uh, we will. Uh, we'll maybe take a little, uh, take breather, a little breather here, break, and then uh, we'll dive into little baseball and softball. Baseball well. season. Yep, we're we're ready. I caught a little baseball yesterday. URI's home opener. So uh, how how cold good. was it out there? It was not that cold to start, and very cold by the seventh inning. Uh, that's March baseball for you. All right, thanks for listening, everybody.